Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Jamie Baines. Today's guest is Jeremy Forsyth, an author from Johannesburg, South Africa. I had gotten on Jeremy's email list, and he was seeking reviewers for his most recent book. I emailed him back and asked if he wanted to be on a podcast episode. He did, and here he is. Though one small programming note before we begin. Since the call is between the U.S. and South Africa, there is a bit of a delay when I ask the questions and when he answers them. And there's some interference on a few of the questions. Other than these quirks, I hope you enjoy our discussion. And welcome back to the podcast. Today's guest is Jeremy Forsyth, an author from South Africa. How are you, Jeremy? Oh, I'm great. Thanks to you, James. How's I'm, it going? I'm good. I'm good. So give us a little background about yourself. You, now, you're from Johannesburg. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we call it the city of gold um, here in South Africa because uh, there's so much gold <laughs> in the city. <laughs> and have you lived there all your life? Yeah, all my life. And what have you – Um, now, you're an author, correct? Because that's how we met because you sent out an email – um, for folks to, to just take a look at your book, and and you're an author. Mm. So what kind of um, books do you write? Uh, fantasy. Uh, I would. I, I suppose that's the that's the that's the genre that I write in. Um, I don't know whether it's dark fantasy or high fantasy. I've never been able to tell the difference. There's a lot of dark elements to it. Um, but yeah, a fantasy in a nutshell. Um, I love. I love elves ever since I was introduced to Tolkien. And what I've said time and time again, which I think I'll say um, again and again after this interview, is that I'm a human. I live with humans. I'm surrounded by humans. So I definitely don't want to write about humans, which is why, <laughs> you know, elves was the, the natural choice of main characters. So, yeah, my, my books are pretty much fantasy um, set in a medieval-like um, time world and uh, the characters are elves my own invention of elves and uh, yeah and then that's when the story kicks off with these with these guys and um, yeah I'm just uh, yeah that's pretty much what I write about now how many books have you written mm, let's think um, I've published I've published six books wow. uh, seven if you include the audiobook but I've written, I think, about nine, nine so far. And are they all, um, are all elves your central characters? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And so you mentioned Tolkien. Is that your main influence? Is that somebody you read growing up and you just kind of fell in love with uh, the work? Absolutely. I think anyone who writes in fantasy will tell you this: that they love Tolkien. That they're influenced by Tolkien. I think fantasy has, you know, a fantasy begun with with Tolkien. Um, so yeah, Tolkien's definitely one of my main influences, if not my biggest influence. And uh, yeah, I'm just a huge fan of Lord of the Rings, and it's um, it's been a huge influence on my work. Now, Lord of the Rings, that no, no, catch me up because I, I remember reading a few of them. Is that more than a trilogy, or is it? Did it go beyond being a trilogy? Uh, yeah, so The Lord of the Rings is technically a trilogy. Um, Tolkien, what Tolkien would say 
get to that question is that he wrote one book that the publishers broke up into three parts. Um, but he also, he also wrote the Hobbit, which is like a prequel. Mm-hmm. And there was apparently going to be a sequel to Lord of the Rings called the new shadow. And, uh, Tolkien wrote a few pages or a few chapters and then he abandoned it, which is such a shame. But, um, yeah, I think you can call it four books, but then there's also like there's also the Silmarillion, which is like a history, like a history book of of Tolkien's works. Then there's the Unfinished Tales, and there's a bunch of short stories. Yeah, so I'd say Tolkien. I, I think let's say there are about seven books. And don't quote me. Don't quote I me. Won't quote, no, I don't quote. I don't trust me. I don't quote anybody because <laughs> I'm in the same boat. Cool. It, um, did you have to before you started writing your for, first book? Well, let me back up. Are your books in and of themselves? Do they have the same characters throughout? Is it a continuing saga? Uh, no, not necessarily. Uh, so I've written five short stories. Uh, they take place in the same world, but each each. Each short story is pretty much its own standalone, but it's linked through references to, um, you know, characters that featured in the previous book, um, or it's, you know, referencing certain events that took place in a previous book. So they're all linked, but you can pretty much jump jump into either one of them and, you know, not have to worry about missing out on what happened before type of thing. So, um, yeah, five short stories and then my main novel upon the sands which i spoke to you about that is it's that's going to be its own separate series and each book that comes after upon the sands will follow the same storyline and is it is it hard for you do you have to before you start writing like your first book do you have to outline in your head the way the characters are going to be the names of the characters the places because i assume you create a lot of these places um within your head and they're fictional places so is it, hard, mm. is it do you have a hard time keeping them straight or how do you how do you do that? Um well while I was writing upon the sands and before I published anything I had spent I would say a year and a half I think on establishing the actual world I spent a lot of time writing the histories of, of the the rulers of of the countries that are that my stories take place in and it was during this time that I kind of established my world and I had created the cultures and the themes and everything. So when it came, when it comes to writing the actual books, I'm so um, educated in this fictional world that coming up with names, is, it's very easy because I just follow a certain pattern mm-hmm. um, and coming up with characteristics, coming up with scenes and storylines it's it comes relatively easy just because i know that the culture dynamic i know the uh, the the time and in place where the, these characters um interact in so i think through a lot of time inventing the the world and building the world i've come to know the world and so creating the actual story comes comes relatively easy so you spent a year and a half just basically creating the history. Roughly, yeah. Your, wow, that is fascinating. That is fascinating. Mm. Well, some of it. The history is actually quite large. And this is history that you made up, is that correct? Or did you roll part of the um, South African history into it to kind of kind of seem together? Or is it all your own construct? Um, I based a lot of the history off uh, English, English history. Mm-hmm. 
England England's history. Um, but yeah, it's it's generally my, it's made up. It's um, completely made up. Well, not completely, but it's influenced by actual history. There are certain events that take place in our history that I'm just so in love with, and I just wanted to kind of, you know, squeeze into my own fictional history just because it's so beautiful and so um, compelling. Mm-hmm. So there's there's events in our history that I've based that I've taken influence from to create my own history. And do your characters even reference like the world that we live in or no? Does that just not exist for your characters and for your, uh, for your universe? Um, no, uh, not necessarily because as much as I want to be as fantastical as I can, when mm-hmm. it comes to creating the stories, I can't help myself incorporate real life some scenarios and real life elements into my stories so the the characters are very much human in in terms of the emotions that they feel the contrast in good and evil mm-hmm. and um how they how they uh how they go about their lives and how they treat one another based on the cultures that they've grown up in the environments they've grown up in so yeah my characters are you know the way they operate is pretty much human just disguised with <laughs> fantastical fantastical <laughs> uh techniques i would say do you do you touch on um certain conflicts within the human you know, the human people be it uh be it race or gender or anything like that within your world of elves or no do you just leave that completely out of it Oh, absolutely. Uh, gender dynamics, I, I include that definitely 100%. Um, politics, the the bloody works of politics, I definitely incorporate that into my stories. Um, race is definitely a big thing um, in the in my stories. So yeah, 100%. I think the, these, like I said, you know, bringing in real life, bringing real life things into the fantastical world, you know, makes that fantastical world a lot more relatable to readers. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it just makes it seem a lot more real and relatable. So I, I definitely think it's important. And do you describe your characters when you write them? Like do you can, I assume, well, maybe I shouldn't assume. Can you see your characters in your brain the way that you think they looked? Are you an artist at all? Do you draw them out? Does anybody draw them for you? Um, no, no, I, unfortunately not. Um, I've always, I, I think if I had that ability, that artistic ability to illustrate my, my world and my characters, uh, writing would be a lot easier. But luckily, <laughs> um, I do credit myself with quite a vivid imagination. So even without the ability to, to illustrate my characters and my world, um, I'm pretty good at seeing them through my mind's eye. So yeah, from that point of view, I definitely, you know, everything is quite vivid to me. And how many, and this is probably just taking a ballpark guess, how many characters do you think are in your novels that you that you write about? Do you have any kind of firm count of the amount of characters that you've created? Yeah, the, the amount of characters that I've documented um, go over about 500. Holy cow, holy cow. Oh, and how do you keep them all yeah. straight? Do you, do you write down a like a, a synopsis of each character and how they look, how they talk, where they're from, or do you keep it all in your head? 
So I definitely, I tackle a character when they need to be tackled. So um, I spent 10 years writing Upon the Sands. And during that time, there was a lot of rewrites and a lot of deleted scenes. And, you know, during the during the first and second draft of Upon the Sands, it, it, it was during the time that I created these characters and I just wrote them down and documented them. So they're there in my archives. Mm-hmm. And, but until they come into the forefront of the story, I don't, I don't go into detail about, I don't spend time inventing their backstory or whatever. I, I, I spend time on the characters that need, that need attention. Um, and when it comes to writing a new chapter, I plan in my head, you know, which characters are going to be involved, who needs to be there. And it's those characters that I then spend time getting to know and exploring um, before I start writing the actual chapter. So just so people understand, you spend a year and a half creating and researching universe, and you've got over 500 characters that you have to keep track of within your universe. Is that is that accurate? Yes, pretty much. That's amazing. <laughs> that is absolutely amazing. Do you, uh, do, do you does is writing <laughs> yeah. like a cathartic for you? Does writing you know help you get through your daily the daily grind? How often do you write? Uh, sorry, say that again. You broke up. I'm sorry. How oft like how often do you write? Like many hours a day, would you say, or do you do you set yourself a schedule, or do you just write when you want to write? Well, I will say that I haven't, I would say that the last 10 years I wrote regularly, I would say about four hours a day, um, give, and, give or take, you know, obviously some t- life comes, you know, life presents, it's, it's uh, you know, uh, what you call stumbling blocks, you know, so I had to tackle my responsibilities in life. But mm-hmm. when I could, when I was in control, I would, I would write about four, four hours a day about five days a week. But these days, I think for the last two, two to three years, um, I haven't written as much. I've, I've been quite focused on the marketing side of the books. So that's taken um, precedent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say maybe three to four hours every two weeks these days. And so it- I don't write as much. Does it feel like a job to you, or is it something that you enjoy doing? Like, is it like you were like, oh man, I got to sit there, I got to do two more hours, got to put out a thousand more words? Are you like that, or you just kind of kind of go with the flow when you write it? These days, um, I would say writing is definitely a discipline as opposed to pleasure, just because um, there's there's just other things in my life that that have taken front front and center stage but once i get back into my stride of writing once market you know once my books start picking up and i don't have to put as much work into the marketing i'll then have more time to enjoy writing but as it goes i mean i enjoy writing whenever i sit down to write but these days the last two to three years it's been i write more from a place of discipline mm-hmm. um than because i'm excited to write which is a shame it's a shame, but uh, hopefully soon I'm going to get back to that space where I wake up and I'm, I just can't wait to write. Do you think, does that affect your writing style when you write because you kind of feel like you have to for discipline as opposed to writing, you know, for fun? Or have you noticed? 
sorry, could you repeat that? Yeah, yeah. Like, do you do you find does your writing style change? Do you feel like you're having to force yourself? Oh, I see. To write, you know, when you're saying you're disciplined as opposed to just writing because you want to write, does it change the way you write? Do you think? Have you noticed any kind of change in the way that you write your characters, or just the way that you write in general? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say that my style—I've been writing for so long, and, and I'm pretty disciplined in writing that the creative muscle is quite fit. To the point where, when I sit in front of my computer, you know, the everything comes. You know, it's very easy for my style to maintain itself. But I, I will say that depending on my mood and depending on how, uh, uh, depending on how, you know my mood when I'm starting to write, the story won't be as enticing. <laughs> my ideas. <laughs> let's just put it this way: my style stays the same, uh-huh. but my ideas are sometimes sometimes quite stale and uh, not worth not not worth keeping so <laughs> and then we, the, we yeah, delete it depends it? on depends on the mood we and it, and with that happens we just totally uh, delete that part the, or kind of tweak it yeah I, I have a deleted i have a deleted scene folder so if i've written <laughs> if i put a lot of work into something that ultimately is is shit then you know i'll feel <laughs> Like I'm doing myself a dis a disservice if I don't put it into that folder. But um, if it's if I haven't put a lot of work and I can see early on that, hold on, you know my ideas aren't the best, then I'll I'll happily remove it permanently and then kind of just call it a day and then hope hope for a better day the next day. <laughs> that's all. That's awesome. You mentioned a little earlier that yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that you're around humans all day. I know, and you run up on humans, but you don't want to write about them. What specifically draws you to not want to write about humans and instead write about elves? Just because I'm so in love with fantasy and the unreal and the the concept of escaping into the imaginary world. You know, why would you want to escape the world that you live in to go into a one that's that's similar so i think <laughs> that's, that's a very whole, you know what? that's whole, a very thing, like that's a very good point jeremy i didn't think about that and i'm not trying to interrupt you but because like a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the books yeah. that people write they're writing what they know but it's the same world but like you said what what are you escaping to mm. if you're writing so very good i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut exactly. you off i mean so that's an an excellent excellent point yeah yeah thanks i i mean i think i think it's important because when when one reads a book, they they are they're looking for something that they haven't found in in that moment before picking up the book. You know, so either someone wants to learn something new, or they want to experience something uh, new, or that they haven't experienced in a while. So I think this is the beauty and art of books is that it helps us to reach out to something that is otherwise not within our grasp. So that for me, it's books if it's if i'm not escaping into a new world or a new experience or something similar then i don't see any points in writing and i kind of and then you know naturally i want to translate that into my own works Mm -hmm. and i want to transport the reader into a world that is completely or relatively completely uh not not their world and hence why i love elves i love writing about elves and not humans because there's no elves everywhere anywhere to be found in this world (laughs) 
Do you continue to read other authors, like other fantasy authors? I haven't I haven't read fantasy in a while. Funny enough, I'm more interested in historical fiction. Um, but you know, when George R. R. Martin finally drops Winds of Winter, you best believe I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> jump on that uh, as quick as possible. So besides besides George R. R. Martin, I haven't been I haven't gravitated towards any fantasy books in in a few years now. I mean, my my favorite author at the moment is a historical writer named Sharon Penman. I think she is she is amazing. And uh, I'm quite in love with her work at the moment and have been for a few years. So why do you think, did your, did your interest in reading fantasy wane when you started writing it? Or what kind of caused the... When you were, write, when you were writing a lot, bet, you know, a few years ago, four hours a day, were you also reading a lot as well, the fantasy? Or no, do you try to kind of separate what you read from what you write? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm not quite sure why my interests kind of varied from fantasy to historical fiction. I do know that I'm very wary of reading other fantasy stuff in case I take, in case my subconscious takes some of those ideas. I'm very yes, wary of Yes, I agree that, with you. That <laughs> 100%. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't, I want my, my work to stand out. I want people to be able to see what influenced me. I think that's, that's, you know, fair for any artist. You know, we, everyone has influences. Tolkien had influences. Um, but I definitely do not want my work to be considered uh, redundant. Um, you know, I, I want I want I want it to be a, a fresh experience and something that people haven't experienced with other authors. So it's a very difficult thing to get right. So far, I think I'm I'm doing quite well. But I think because I'm careful not to get ideas from other fantasy authors, I kind of subconscious uh, you know subconsciously stay away from fantasy author authors that is another very good point because i worry about the same thing about reading other fiction authors and like just like you said my subconscious is going to take some of their words or some of their situations and hopefully unknowingly insert it into my work and then like holy cow I'm, you know i'm not yeah. trying to plagiarize anybody so i i totally totally agree with you yeah and i I think I think one one moment that kind of scared me was okay. Now this was before I was introduced to a song of ice and fire, George R. R. Martin's world, and this was before I read any of his books. In fact, I watched the show and then I went on to his books. But I started writing upon the sands years before you know I even knew of of George R. R. Martin, and I created this this one character called Roos, and I spelt it R double O. S-E. And when I discovered Game of Thrones, I found that, that he had the, ex the he had a character named Roos and it was the same spelling. <laughs> uh -oh. And um, I was just like, uh oh, like what the hell? Like what are the chances? <laughs> so I went back and I think I think I, you know, I'm I'm so invested in this particular character, I couldn't bring myself to change the name. So what I did is I changed the spelling. So whoever's listening to this interview and you know, and who's read my books, they will they will pick up on this character when when they see him. But I think at that moment, I realized that I'm like I'm a huge believer in um, hum humanity repeating uh, repeating the same stuff of our ancestors. You know, there's a saying in in the book of Proverbs that uh, 
there's nothing new under the sun. And I think this comes across when, you know, the idea that I have either has already happened or will eventually happen in the future, you know, without my influence. And I just think like we just recycle new ideas through genetic info. I don't know the science behind it, but I just find when when I found that I had this character, Roos, and George R. Martin had that same character, I was just like flabbergasted in a way. (laughs) Well, Jeremy, it's been fantastic talking to you. How can people find your work and find you? Are you on Instagram? Are you on Facebook? Where where can they find you and where can they find your work? Yeah, they can find me on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, my ins- my Instagram handle is jays and uh, jays underscore Andrew. Um, I'm Jeremy Forsyth on Facebook, and anyone who's interested in checking me out can go on my website, which is just simply jeremyforsyth.co.za. And uh, yeah, I'm also on Twitter, uh, Jeremy Forsyth on Twitter. And um, yeah, besides those, those the, the, those are the spots that people can can find me at. And do me a favor. You broke up a little bit on your website. Do you, I'm, not, I'm going to put all your information, by the way, in the in the intro and in the written intro to this podcast. But can you repeat your website for me again? Oh, awesome. Sure. It's jeremyforsyth.co.za. And then, if is there a way for people to contact you if they want to message you, if they want to um, talk about your work or anything like that? Do you, do you have um, email or messaging through that, and do you respond back to people if they reach out? Yes, 100%. Um, my, all my contact information is on my website. My email address is, is on the top left-hand side of my homepage. So it's very – it's like straight up in your face there when you <laughs> when you get to my website. And um, I respond, yeah, I respond quite quite quickly uh, to any messages. I'm at a play, I'm at a point now where, you know, I'm still new and up and coming, so there's there's no high demand for my stuff. So my time, I've got a lot of time to address <laughs> address um, readers and and fans. So you know, if if people want my time, they need to jump on it now. <laughs> I like it. Jump on it now. <laughs> Supplies. Supplies Jump on it while now, they last. It's, it's while awesome. I'm still available <laughs> while it lasts. Yeah. Well, Jeremy, thank you very much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. All right, James. Have a good one. You too. Take care. Bye bye. That's it, guys. What'd you think of Jeremy? Can you imagine? taking a year and a half to research and plan the universe you're creating for your characters and that's before you even start writing your novel and to have over 500 characters to keep straight over 500 to me it's mind-boggling I've said it before and I'll say it again I'm constantly amazed at being able to connect with someone by random email and then do an interview with that same person from another country over the phone As long as you can ignore all the hateful crap, social media can be just that. Social. We should all strive to reach out to someone who's not from where we live, or doesn't look the way we look, or think the way we think. An echo chamber is boring. Love, live, and grow. Thanks for listening.